Welcome to Seize Your Midlife, the podcast exclusively for midlife women. I'm your host, Bree Schumacher. We are going to dive into all the things from health and hormones to beauty and wellness. We'll be asking the question, what's my midlife purpose? And what am I going to do with the rest of my life? We'll also be interviewing women who've taken leaps or made U-turns in midlife. This conversation is going to be engaging, sometimes educational, a little bit funny, and always real. It is my sincere hope that you find your midlife purpose and lead your most fulfilling life. So join us on this journey to seize your midlife. Let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Caesar Midlife. I am so glad that you are here today. And like always, I am humbled that you are listening in. I am also excited because I have a guest on the show today. Renee Song is a wife, a mother, and a certified faster way coach. She's actually my coach, and she has helped literally hundreds of clients get back to their wellness and stop dieting and restricting themselves to lead a healthier lifestyle. And there is so much more to Renee's story. And I am so excited about all the things she's going to share with us today because so many of you have reached out to say that one of the biggest things that you've been struggling with in midlife is the way that your body is changing. And Renee has so much insight and knowledge, and I just can't wait for you to hear it directly from her. So welcome to the show, Renee. Hi, Bree. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad you're here, and thanks for being on the show. Okay, the first question that I ask in every episode is, how old are you? I am 51 years old, and I'm proud of it. (laughs) You should be 51. Okay, and where are you right now? I am in Eugene, Oregon. Okay, but it sounds like you are not originally from out west. You're not even originally from the United States. Is that right? That's right, Brie. I was actually born in Seoul, Korea, and uh, moved to the U.S., um, actually to Eugene, Oregon, with my family when I was 10 years old, so about 41 years ago. Wow. And it's funny because since we've been connected with each other, I realized you were from Korea when I kept seeing all of your amazing recipes and things (laughs) popping in like kimchi. And it reminded me of my time where I lived in Seoul. So I love that we share that, that connection. And it sounds like you, you know, you came as a a child to the U S you know, you went to college in the U S and everything, but you end up going back to Korea. Is that right? We did. After college and working for a couple of years, uh, my husband and I got married and moved to Korea uh, with my husband for, gosh, nearly 10 years. And it was for his job that had us located there. Wow. And were your sons born there? They were. um, They were both born there um, and lived there the first few years of their lives. Wow. And then you came back to the U.S. And after, you know, your boys, you're all back here. You are a stay-at-home mom for, it sounds like, a really long time. Is that right? Yes, nearly two decades. Um, My husband's job situation had him traveling quite often. And 
actually was gone for about two thirds, about 20 days each month. So I was a single parent most of the time taking care of our boys and our home. So I just could not imagine having a job outside the home. Oh my gosh, Renee, I can relate to that so much. The year before COVID, I think my husband was gone 200 days um, that year. And, you know, I, I also was you know, having to do all the things. Plus I owned a business. So I can totally appreciate that, that it's so hard when you have a, a traveling parent, you know, climbing the corporate ladder. <laughs> um, <laughs> something's got to give, right? Right, right. I'm so glad that we have that one more connection too. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. In fact, the, my friend and I were just joking the other day. She's like, yeah, people are always shocked that I don't know where my husband is. I'm like, I can't keep track either. Like it goes from, you know, Detroit to Texas to Mexico to whatever. It's hard to keep track. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So um, you kind of talked to me a little bit about as your oldest son was – approaching college age, you and your husband were kind of like, yikes, like we now have to pay for college. And so where was your head at and where did that lead you? Yes. Um, so our our oldest son was a senior in high school. And then our younger son was about 13 or 14 at the time. Um, so was quite selfish, self-sufficient. So we tossed around the idea of me going back to work outside the home to help with our, fi- uh, you know, our family's finances. Um, but I remember having a conversation with him that I didn't want any old job, that I wanted to do something that I truly cared about and was passionate about, something that I would look forward to every single day. And well, first of all, I just want to say that I think that there's so many women that can relate to that, wanting to do something, have a bigger purpose, all of all of those things I think probably really resonate with a lot of people. But so in this questioning of you, you're looking for a job, but you want to do something meaningful, you find the faster way. Is that right? That's right. I was um, going through just a list of things that I really cared about and was passionate about and looked forward to every single day. And that was the faster way. And at the time, I was just a client. And so the idea of possibly becoming a coach um, came into radar and I kind of just pursued it. (laughs) Wow. Well, and it's funny that you say like that was something you look forward to because I think I'm driving all my friends crazy because I'm like, oh, let me tell you about the faster way. (laughs) Because (laughs) I feel the same. I'm like, yay, it's Mondays. It's hits. You know, hit um, I I, with Amanda. Um, So I totally can relate to that. Although I, I don't think I would make a good coach. You make a great coach. But before oh, you, you. <laughs> before mm-hmm. you became a coach, you were a client, and mm-hmm. you talked a little bit about your previous relationship with kind of dieting prior to finding the faster way. And what was that like? Well, Brie, I've never been quote unquote overweight most of my life. Um, but you know, I'd have to agree that most women have issues with their own bodies. And I was one of them. I was always wanting to lose those last five to 10 pounds, believing that that will help me live a much happier life. And I had tried so many different diets out there, you know, um, the diet teas, the low fat diets, the low carb diets, 1200 calorie diets. I was always Googling, if you will, um, what's the best diet? <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, I think that there's not one person listening that hasn't Googled something in that realm because you're right. We are so hard on ourselves. And, you know, like you, I've I've always been really 
small, but there is something to be said when you don't feel comfortable in your own skin. You know, you mm-hmm. look at other people, you know, uh, you know, other people maybe aren't looking at you going, gosh, she could really lose five or 10 pounds, but you know how you feel inside. And so I understand that. And I understand that kind of searching for what's, what's the answer, but the truth is, and I know from my own experience, if you are on like a true diet, it's not sustainable for your life. And so it's like, Absolutely. you do it, you do it. And then all of a sudden you fall off and then you're on this like vicious cycle. And so I totally get where you were like, I tried all the things because if it's a diet, you just can't stick to it. It's just not human nature. Right. Right. So true, Brie. And it sounds like you had, you know, been an athlete and you really had kind of a long interest in health and wellness. Is that right? Well, I've always lived an active lifestyle. I played sports, um, you know, all the way from elementary school years, all the way through high school, being involved in the basketball team and the tennis team. But I think I became more interested in that overall health and wellness towards the end of my college years. But honestly, I never really pursued it, never thought of it as an option for me career-wise. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, and it's funny that you said you became interested in college. Um, I think health and wellness was like the last thing on my mind in college. <laughs> so good for you. You were definitely ahead of the game. I was like probably my least healthy when I was in college. Um, and I didn't even notice. I didn't even notice I was having too much fun. Um, so, okay. One of the things that you talked to me about when we kind of chatted about you know, your story and how you ended up becoming a coach. And it sounds like, you know, you're, you're like, you were like me when you found the faster way and you were like, I want to just tell all the, all the people, all the people about it. And so it sounds like you were chatting with one of your friends who was doing it with you. And she was the one that was like, Renee, you would be really good at this. Is that right? That's right. Um, when I first joined faster way as a client in, 2017, so six years ago, and I roped my best friend into joining me because I was too scared to do it by myself. (laughs) Um, She put the idea in my head, um, you know, and then I also recruited a couple more friends to join me. And uh, they kept saying, you're so good at this, Renee, you should become a coach. Gosh, it went in one year and out the other. I didn't even entertain the idea of possibly becoming a coach until my husband and I had that financial conversation back in 2019. Yeah. And it sounds like, you know, your initial driver for finding the faster way because you were looking for something to add to help with your finances, to help with that college tuition, it becomes really important during COVID, right? Because your husband loses his job. Yes, unfortunately, um, he's in the airline industry. And when COVID hit and the entire world shut down, he was quickly laid off and had been for over two years until just recently when he was rehired. Yay. Oh my gosh, praise, right? (laughs) Yeah, praise for sure. Wow. It's so nice. I think when, you know, as women, we have something that's just our own and brings in money that we can feel like, okay, I'm stepping in right now and I'm helping out. And I do think there's something, and I've been talking a lot about this, there is just power in women having money, even if that's not a driving force. And I know for you, one of the things that you really talked about with me 
is how even though you first dove into becoming a coach because of financial reasons, that is absolutely not why you've stayed a coach. So why don't you share with everyone why you've stayed? Because what has it been? You've been in Faster Way for six years and a coach for over three, right? That's correct. Yes. Um, so soon after I became a coach, I quickly realized how much I loved being a coach, um, helping others, you know, especially fellow mamas of my age, finally get off that vicious die cycle and help them discover food freedom, you know, helping them free of the diet industry who has, gosh, failed so many of us, probably you and I included as well. Not only do I love helping my clients lose fat, but I love being part of their journey to really better their lives through proper nutrition and exercise. And gosh, Brie, so many of my clients are living such improved lives because of the faster way. And I just love, love, love being part of that. Yeah. I mean, I know, for example, I that's part of why I think you said like you want to shout it from the rooftops because you do feel so much better. But why don't you talk about why Faster Way isn't a diet? There aren't pre-made meals. There aren't shakes and meal replacements. So what exactly is the like general scope of the Faster Way? The general scope of the Faster Way is it's a digital nutrition and fitness program. So we combine the power of eating mostly whole foods. So we limit processed foods and we focus on eating enough of the right foods at the right time, combining with our workout cycle to not only help you lose fat, but enjoy all the foods that you enjoy um, without depriving yourself, without restricting yourself, and ultimately becomes a healthy lifestyle. Yeah, and I think that's that's such an important piece because I know if I had to cut out carbs all the time or if I had to even drink a shake every day, um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know if other people are better at this, but I'm so bad at like this is the thing you have to do that I'm kind of like, yeah, and I'm not going to do it. Um, right. So I, I love it in the faster way that there's kind of the framework of how you should eat and then you can fill in the links and the recipes with foods that you want to make and that you want to eat, like you said, that are that are good for you, um, but you're not having to like eat, you know, cabbage soup or crazy, crazy, crazy <laughs> right. things. Um, I love that. And so one of the the biggest things about the faster way, and even if you're listening and you're like, I'm not interested in doing the faster way, one of the biggest things about the faster way is intermittent fasting. And it is fascinating to me how every day a new study comes out to talk about intermittent fasting and how good it is for you. In fact, this morning I screenshotted so I could send it to you, Renee, (laughs) an article that came out saying that intermittent fasting is reversing type 2 diabetes, like literally Mm -hmm. reversing it. And it's just crazy to me. So will you just tell everybody, maybe people aren't familiar with the term, just like a quick Wikipedia version of what intermittent fasting is? Sure, absolutely. Intermittent fasting, first thing I want to say is that it's not a diet, but is a healthy way of eating all your meals within a certain time frame, usually within an eight to 10 hour window to increase fat loss and boost your overall wellness. So your body is always in a fed state or a fasted state, um, meaning fed means there's a 
there's food in your tummy and it's busy digesting and delivering the nutrients throughout your body. And the fastest state where your tummy is empty, so your body's at a complete digestive rest, so then it can work on other um, bodily processes that can give you, uh, that can have positive effects. So by having your body at a digestive rest, so during your fastest state, your body's able to reap the benefits. So for instance, during fasting, your insulin level drops, okay? So lower insulin levels causes your fat cells to release stored sugar that's actively used by the body. So this not only encourages fat burning, but helps prevent chronic disease as well. And you mentioned type 2 diabetes. This is why I'm so glad to have you talk about it because I, <laughs> you know, before I called you, I was like trying to put together the information and I'm like, I am so bad at this kind of stuff. So I love that you have the knowledge and you understand it and you grasp it and you can share with everyone. And so when I think about intermittent fasting in like my layman's non-scientific, non-educated like way, I think of it as an eating schedule, right? So for me, I eat between the hours of 11 and 7. That's what I Mm -hmm. try to aim for. But what I love about it is the flexibility. So if I know that my family has a 7 o'clock dinner reservation, I just push that back to to noon. And that if there are some days that I end up eating 30 minutes before or 30 minutes after my window – that I'm like, whatever, it's fine. Like, it's fine. There's so much flexibility. And that's one of my favorite pieces about intermittent fasting. So can you talk about how people, you know, if they are, let's say, for example, night owls, how they can adapt that eating schedule so that it works for them and they can take advantage of all those health benefits that you were just talking about? Sure. The beauty of intermittent fasting is that it's it's not only adaptable, but it's flexible. So I have clients who like to be done eating by five o'clock in the afternoon. So they are able to break their fast earlier in the morning, like at nine or 10 o'clock and, and vice versa. If you're a night owl you're, and your family lifestyle has you eating dinner at eight or 8.30 or even later, you can break your fast a little later. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's why it's been so sustainable because like you said, it's not a diet. It's flexible. It's adaptable. And I noticed, and I told you this when we chatted, like the biggest thing for me is that I started to have that midlife belly. And if you are listening and you haven't experienced the midlife belly, wow. (laughs) Because I have been somebody that's been tiny my whole life. I'm 4'11". And really like any weight that I would gain would never go to my stomach. And all of a sudden I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. muffin top. Like this, this isn't working. And the reason why it's not working is because I like to wear little fitted tank tops and jeans. And all of a sudden I would see a picture of myself and go, oh my gosh, whoa, okay, what happened? And it felt like it happened overnight. And then when I started to be consistent with the intermittent fasting, I would wake up in the morning and I told you I still do this. And I put my hand on my stomach and I'm like, oh my God, I guess still glad (laughs) because it's been such a shocking change because I think a lot of us are kind of like, eh, well, I'm, you know, 46 and this is, this is how I look. And it's amazing that you can transform your body in your forties and in your fifties, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's never too late. (laughs) Well, and kind of thinking about like, you know, okay, all of a sudden I'm looking in the mirror or I'm standing on the scale or I'm 
not fitting into my jeans and I'm not liking those things, a lot of women are like, okay, I am going to just go hard. I'm going to exercise like nonstop. But can you tell everybody a little bit about why it's actually not good to do that? Why too much hit or too much cardio can actually backfire? Sure. Um, because there's something called the law of diminishing return when it comes to exercise. If you over-exercise or do too much HIIT workouts, so high-intensity interval training workouts, your body's going to have breakdown. Now, some breakdown is good. For example, breaking down our muscles is how we build them back up. But this kind of over-exercise is not positive. Also, HIIT workouts, though many people love them, are a stressor on our body. So when our body is overstressed, like from doing too much HIIT or too too much cardio, our stress hormone cortisol level goes up, which can have negative side effects. And that includes holding on to the fat in your body. Yeah. And I think it's so interesting that you say that because one of my friends, we were on a walk and we were talking about this. And she's like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, I did, you know, XYZ exercise program where you go and do the super intense, you go to the stations and everything. She's like, I did that for years. It worked amazing for me. It worked so well that I was going around and helping them open new stores. And she's like, all of a sudden, it stopped working. And she went to her doctor and her doctor said, in midlife, when your estrogen drops and you start doing these intense workouts or too long of workouts or too intense in the cardio realm, in that hardcore Mm. cardio realm, your body starts producing more cortisol and it thinks of it as stress. And like you said, that's when that belly fat comes on, the fat starts staying on. And so it's kind of the reverse (laughs) of why, what you would think you need to do when you start seeing your body change. Cause you feel like, oh my God, I need to get on the, you know, the Peloton for two hours. But that's not, that's not the thing, right? Right. So why don't you talk about, because one of, I think actually my favorite part of the faster way, hands down, are the workouts. Like they are so good. They're fast and they're good. But why don't you talk about how the workouts match the eating days and just like in general, you know, how long they are and just a little quick overview because they're my favorite. <laughs> sure. So I talk about the fast array magic quite a bit. And that is the combining our nutrition cycle uh, with our workout cycle. So throughout the week, we do what's called a carb cycling, where we have some lower carb days, and we have some higher carb days. And depending on which nutrition day it is, we combine it with a specific workout. Now our workouts are about 30 minutes each day, they can be done at home or in the gym. And two of those workout days are our cardio or HIIT workouts. Three of those days are strength training workouts. And then two of those days, believe it or not, are just rest days. (laughs) Yeah, right. Because those rest days, like we just talked about with the stress and the cortisol, are an important part of the whole cycle. Mm-hmm. And one thing I told you that I just love so much about the workouts is that it's always three people that are up there doing the workouts and it's usually like a rotation of the same people and you kind of start to feel like they're friends of yours because <laughs> um, because they don't have all the flash that you see in some of the bigger workout programs. Like there's not all the fancy music and the like, you know, room full of people in like fancy leotards and 
and they chat with each other and sometimes they like, oh, I, I counted an extra rep and they don't cut that out. And I don't know what it is about it, but I just, it's the first time in my entire mm-hmm. life that I have really felt like, oh my God, I can't wait to go do that workout and that that matched with me. And I'm not saying that everyone listening, this is a match, but I think hearing what Renee said about rotating your carbs, carb cycling, how important that is. And something that I love about all of this, and regardless of whether you choose to do the faster way or something else, not cutting out carbs entirely. And I think, you know, there's been so many trends over the years of keto and, you know, low carb. And I think um, back to (laughs) when I was in corporate America, I forget, what was the the eating plan where like it was all the meat? Do you remember this? I can't think of what it was called. It'll, It'll come to me. But it was like you eat all this meat. And I remember opening up their freezer at my office and people would bring like stacks of bacon and sausages and like all these things because they were trying to just do low carb. Like it didn't matter that it was probably like killing their heart health, right? They were like, oh my God, I'm so skinny. <laughs> so why don't you talk a little bit about why cutting out carbs entirely is not good? Oh, I love this topic. Believe it or not, carbs are not evil. No matter what you've heard on the uh, in the world, um, carbs are actually extremely important for your health and especially a balanced hormone profile. Hormone health is key for us women in our midlife. Um, They help regulate that cortisol, which is your stress hormone. Also helps regulate melatonin, the chemical that helps you sleep at night, and also helps regulate your hunger hormones. So eating plenty of foods containing carbs, such as fruits and vegetables, you know, that also have key vitamins, minerals, and antioxidants is, is actually quite necessary uh, for your body's health. Yeah. And you talked about how in midlife, if you cut out carbs entirely, like if you were doing an intense keto lifestyle, it can actually lead to some problems, right? Yes. Long-term carb restrictions can have uh, quite serious negative side effects such as uh, problems with your thyroid. So you run into hypothyroidism. And I've also had clients who come to me with adrenal fatigue from having done long-term low-carb diets. Yeah. And right now when our hormones are fluctuating and everything, it's so important to not cut out the carbs. I think that's so important. And to be honest, like who doesn't love carbs? I love carbs. <laughs> and so it's funny because the way that our the diet works in the faster way, or I shouldn't say the diet, the lifestyle, because it's not a diet, is that Monday and Tuesday are low carb. And I actually feel great on those days. I feel really good on those days. But on Wednesday, when you wake up and you're like, ooh, it's carbs, I know I'm always kind of excited about it because it feels then like a treat. But it's not like I'm like, oh my gosh, for the rest of my life, I'm doing low carb. No, it's two days. So that's just awesome. And one of the things that Faster Way and in general, I think kind of the wellness industry has really discovered is the power of macros. For some reason, I cannot explain it. I cannot rub my head around it. So I need your expertise here, Renee. Can you just talk to everybody a little bit about what are macros? Sure. Macros, the word is short for macronutrient. In the food that we eat, we have the macronutrients and the micronutrients. And the word macros is talking about those macronutrients. 
They're the large nutrients that make up all the food we eat. So all your food is make, made up of most the three macros, which are your proteins, your fats, and your carbohydrates. So all three macros can be found in animal and plant-based foods. Um, now, most women have counted calories before, uh, but tracking macros or counting macros, consider that like a nutritional upgrade to counting calories because when you track your macros, it not only helps you ensure that you're eating the right amount of calories, but helps you know that you're eating enough calories from each of the three macros because our body needs all three macros in order yeah. to function optimally. And the Faster Way has an app where you can put in what you eat every day. It will, you know, you can scan your food, you can type it in manually, you can search for things based on, you know, what you say, how how tall you are and how much you weigh and everything. It'll create like a macro profile for you. And I I have to admit, and I told you this, Renee, too, I'm literally the worst at tracking anything. Like, give me something to track, and I don't know if it's, like, the rebel in me that's like, yeah, and I'm not going to do it. <laughs> like, I'm just – I when I first started doing The Faster Way, I was like, okay, doing all the things. And for me, it was kind of like the way I think about a diet. I just couldn't stick with it. But mm. the coolest part for me is that it hasn't mattered. It hasn't mattered because I took the framework of what the lifestyle, you know, eating was, which is the low carb on the Monday, Tuesday, and kind of the the framework of it, and I filled it in for myself. And mm-hmm. I stick with the intermittent fasting religiously, and I do the workouts, I hate to say it enthusiastically, but it's true. Enthusiastically, yeah. like I love them, which is so funny because I'm the girl that would be like, oh, can I please be sick on the day of the mile, you know, in, in middle school? <laughs> like I have never, <laughs> ever, ever been athletic. I have never liked, you know, truly liked working out. And so for me to be like, woo, I can't wait to work out. It says a lot. So one of the things that I wanted you to talk about was the strength training because there is not one person that won't tell you that at our age in midlife that strength training and weights is not absolutely critical. So can you talk about why that is and why every single woman listening needs to be lifting weights? Yes. um, It's been shown that Once we hit our mid to late 40s to 50s, our muscle mass actually decreases just automatically by about 1% to 2% per year. Uh, So then our muscle strength declines by about that much or even more so each year. So this process is known as sarcopenia. And so when that happens, it leads to a slowed metabolism, which generally then results in increased fat retention. But when you prioritize strength training, you're able to actually counteract these symptoms in a powerful way. So we lift in the faster way about 30 minutes a day three days a week. And by doing that, we can decrease our body's insulin levels, which is a chemical that tells your body to hang on to fat and also increases dopamine in the brain. So increased dopamine, you know, decreased um, insulin levels. It just, it just works together to help you burn the fat 
and helps to improve your overall wellness, even in your 50s and beyond. Well, and one of the benefits too of strength training is really about bone health, right? Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about why that's so important because osteoporosis and I hate to even use that word because it sounds like an old lady word, but unfortunately, <laughs> like we need to know about this. Yeah, you. Yeah. Uh, it reminds me of my mom's story who recently at the age of 78 just started weightlifting for the first time in her life. Um, and it was because of that O word, osteoporosis. So your muscles are attached to your bones. So when you are stressing your muscles when you are uh, strength training or lifting weights, it also puts stress on your bones. And so by stressing your bones, strength training can increase bone density and therefore reduce the risk of osteoporosis. Earlier this year, my mom had a bone density scan done and her results showed that she was uh, showing the beginning stages of osteoporosis. And one of the things her doctor recommended was uh, weightlifting. And, you know, at the age of 78, she resisted for many months before I, I actually threatened her and said, Mom, <laughs> if you happen to fall in your home or outside the home and you break a bone, it's me that I have to take care of you. <laughs> so I need you to get stronger and healthier. So she's been lifting weights with me three days a week since April of this year. And she has made so much progress. She has gotten stronger. But more than anything, Bree, she has gotten so much more confident. Oh, I can relate to that so much because there is something about building strength and feeling strong that makes you feel powerful. I never had experienced that before. And I've said this, and I don't know if, you know, other people have heard me say this, but I have always been the friend that's like, it's kind of a joke because my sister and my best friend are who I, you know, would travel with a lot. And they would always be like, just give me your suitcase because I could like never lift it up. I could never whatever. Like I was like the damsel in distress. I have in fact perfected the damsel in distress routine, like the (laughs) tea. So wherever I go, people are like, let me help you with that. Well, all of a sudden I'm strong. I'm strong. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, I feel like you said, it's this confidence. It's this like standing up a little bit taller because I feel strong. But also I'm like, whoo, look at my arms. Like look at my (laughs) arms because I feel like in midlife, so many women are like, e my arms. Like let me do the special pose with my arm popped out so that you can't see my arms. And now I'm like, no girl, look at my arms. Like this, your arms can, and I'm, I'm going to be 47. So the fact that I can change my arms, like that's amazing. But the fact that your mom at 78 is changing her body and her life, that is just such a testament. It doesn't matter how old you are. It is not too late. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love hearing your story, Brie. <laughs> so inspiring. So inspiring. I recently, uh, you know, experienced it myself when we were on vacation last month. Um, my mom was in the swimming pool and um, we noticed how she used the stairs to pull herself out of the swimming pool. She didn't even realize what she had done. We commented, mom, you just pulled yourself out of the swimming pool using the rails, climbed up the stairs. She's like, oh my gosh, I did. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I love that. And Renee, one of the things that you and I chatted about that I want to make sure we say in here too is that Mm -hmm. I think there has been this like old school mentality that has actually stuck around for 
both your generation, my generation, you're definitely your mom's generation, is that women don't lift weights. If you do, you know, you're going to get bulky or you're going to have big arms and that's not the goal you want. In fact, my sister who is in her 20s, I have been talking to her about the faster way and she's like, oh my gosh, I already have, you know, big arms. I don't want bulky arms. And I'm like, no, no, no. When you lift like this, you don't get manly arms. You get sculpted arms. So can you talk a little bit about that? Because I just hate that like misconception about weightlifting. Right. Um, even my mom, when when I talked to her about starting to lift weights, her immediate response was, "Oh, I'm not a bodybuilder. I <laughs> I don't need I don't need to lose weight." And you know, those were her typical responses, which is typical of the woman from her generation and even my generation. But when we lift and lift heavy, uh, we tear our muscles and rebuild, which makes us stronger, which is the goal of weightlifting. Sure, if your goal is to get bulkier, that that can be done too. But lifting and lifting heavy does not automatically lead to bulky arms or bulky legs. It actually, it helps increase our metabolism because of our newfound lean calorie burning muscles that we're gaining through weightlifting, which is absolutely key to fat loss during our midlife. Uh, We build more muscle by lifting heavy weights than by just doing cardio. And that's why lifting, weightlifting, strength training, resistance training are all such key when it comes to living a healthy lifestyle and thriving in your 50s and beyond. Oh, absolutely. And I think that that is something that luckily I feel like we're hearing more about is like mm-hmm. how important it is. And one thing like I think as as you do the workouts in the faster way, they'll say, can you challenge yourself? Can you lift a little bit heavier? And it's funny because when I first started, I had five pound weights and eight pound weights. And I was like, no, I need – so now I have 15 pound weights. Yeah. But I see, I see those girls on there and one of the girls – I mean, actually a couple of them are like tiny and they're lifting 25 pound weights. And I'm like, okay, it's going to be my goal. And so I love that, like encouraging you to lift heavy. But not only of like the challenge to yourself, but what are the benefits to lifting heavier than like – the two-pound weights or the five-pound weights that I think women in the past have been kind of more accustomed to using. Right. Working out with weights um, and consistently challenging yourself to lift heavier so that you're, it actually is a difficult thing. You're not only sustaining lean muscle mass, but you're maintaining your overall strength. You're increasing your metabolism efficiency. Um, gosh, and we talked about how it promotes bone and joint health, but it also reestablishes your hormone balance as well. So you, we've got to prioritize strength training and lift heavy, as heavy as you can. <laughs> All right. I'm going to get those 25-pound weights. <laughs> you go, girl. I love that, Bree. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay. And then the other thing I just want to go back to, because you talked a little bit about this with your mom in bone density you know, you talked about the bone density scan and your mom might be in her late seventies, but bone density actually starts decreasing in your forties. And so, and especially if you're petite, I'm very petite, or if you are just small boned, you're even more prone to, you know, having the decreased bone density, which can lead to osteoporosis. So even though we hate to like 
use those words to think about those things because, you know, we, I think our generation at 40 and at 50 is so different than the generations prior to us. But unfortunately, like we have not caught up, you know, our like evolution has not caught up to the fact that like we're sexy and cute in our 40s and 50s. (laughs) It doesn't matter. Our body is still like, nope, less bone density, less muscle mass, less all the things, less estrogen. And so we need to be taking this seriously. We need to be lifting weights. We need to be doing these things to take care of our bodies because we're actually doing the work right now so that when we get to our 70s, when we get to our 80s, we are still up and active. And I don't know, Renee, if you heard me tell the story about my grandma My grandma is 95, and she ran her first marathon in her 40s, ran marathons all through her 50s, ran through her 60s, ran through her 70s, ran even, I think, into her early 80s. And then she ended up, yes, and um, she's kind of a pioneer in regards to health and wellness. Like she would do aerobics to a record player back in the day. And even now at 95, she walks over two hours a day. And prior to COVID, she would go to the gym and she would lift weights and she would eat tofu. And I mean, just such a, such a pioneer in that world. But she went to the doctor recently at 95. She's the cutest thing you've ever seen. She makes me look tall. And like I said, I'm 4'11". And the doctor said, I want to print out a picture of you and put it here in the office as this is like what you can be like at 95. You don't need to be in a wheelchair, in a nursing home or whatever. You can look like this. You can feel like this in your 90s because of the work you've done since you were in your 40s. So I just think that's such an important thing. Like this, we are setting the stage right now for what those years are going to look like in the future. Oh, that is so powerful, Brie. I'm absolutely inspired by that story. Thank you for sharing that with me. Yes. My little – we call her Gigi. That's what my kids call her, great-grandma Gigi. And she's the cutest thing on the planet and such an inspiration. And I think nobody wants to – like I think part of the reason why we all kind of have this feeling of dread about getting old is because we picture that like, you know, that you're – having to be in a wheelchair or you're even if you're not you're kind of struggling to get around and stuff but then you see my grandma Gigi and you're like it doesn't have to be like that like you can still be active you can still feel really good and I think that's really important so the work that you're doing and changing people's lives and helping them get set up for this is so important and so I just I just think that's awesome Renee that you've you know, chosen this as what you're going to do. I want to go back to ask you a couple more questions that I think are really important. So one of the things that I see as I'm kind of watching what people in midlife are doing, and there are a couple of nutritionists that I follow that will say, if you are in midlife and you want to be a client of ours, we will not even take you as a client if you are not willing to eat some animal protein which I know is kind of controversial, but I think it kind of brings the question of why is protein so important in midlife? Yes, protein, um, one of the three macros, um, is, gosh, the most important macronutrient for women in their midlife and beyond. Um, It has an amazing ability to 
build and repair tissues in your body. And it also helps increase your muscle mass and your bone strength um, and facilitates hormone synthesis. There's so many benefits to protein. So protein is one of the macros that are not um, produced by your body or stored in your body. So it's important that you eat the protein macros um, on, a, on a daily basis. And there are other benefits of protein as well. It curbs cravings. It really maximizes the effects of the exercise that you're doing. It prevents or it can even reverse muscle loss and combats naturally occurring decrease in estrogen, which happens a lot for women like us. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a huge piece is the estrogen decrease. I'm actually taking a class right now in perimenopause and I'm going to have a whole nother, maybe multiple episodes related to perimenopause <laughs> because it's like the 10 years that nobody prepared you for. Um, mm. But one of the things that she just talks about in the class is so much about the drop in estrogen and like how much that trickles down in just so many parts of the way that you feel. And so I think like you said, if that is helping the estrogen decrease, that's huge and something that we really need. And one thing just to say about the faster ways, even if you don't end up using the tracking on the app. Every day they have recipes and suggestions for food. I used to run, I had a food company and blog called Skinny Mommy. (laughs) So I spent a lot of time cooking, reading recipes, whatever. So I feel like I have a pretty good handle on food things. But if you're somebody that's like, oh my gosh, I have no idea where I would even start. I don't get the macros, whatever. Faster Way kind of does the work for you in regards to trying to figure that out. So, and Renee, will you just tell everybody a little bit about what kind of things you do, you know, to help out your clients and in regards to your coaching style and everything in case they are interested and they want to get in touch with you? Absolutely. Um, So Brie, many clients, especially women, come to me and the faster way as their last resort. You know, they've tried all the quick fix and fad diets and they feel really frustrated and defeated, feeling like a failure. And then as a result, many of my new clients are tempted to really count their defeats more than their wins. And that does not help anybody. (laughs) So I work with my clients on a daily basis to help them switch their mindset when it comes to nutrition and fitness. And, you know, this involves switching from all the negative thoughts into a more positive space. And I help facilitate that by really having them recount all their victories on a daily and weekly basis. Because they're really, there's actually science behind celebrating even the smallest wins. And the win can be based on how much protein you ate, how much carbs you ate, or how much water you drank. All those small wins matter. And that's what I focus on with my clients. Yes. I love the like question of what were your non-scale wins? Because I think it's like, you know, we grew up in a generation where getting on the scale and like Weight Watchers where you went and, you know, weighed, you had to be weighed or whatever. Um, that was right. kind of like what we think of when we think of like, oh, I'm, you know, taking charge of my my weight and my wellness. And this is the opposite of that. Like, in fact, Amanda, who is the CEO of um, Faster Way says, don't get on the scale. Like, don't get on the scale. Measure your wins, like you said, in the ways that you're talking about and in the way that you feel more than what is that number on the scale. Because sometimes you're building muscle mass and you're, the number on the scale isn't moving. 
but you feel better and that's your gauge. That's your win. So I love that so much. Okay, so Renee, are you still taking on any new clients for 2023? Yes, I actually start a six-week new client group once every few weeks, and my next new client group starts in the new year on January 2nd. So I'm really excited to hit the ground running once the new year happens. Awesome. And I can say from experience that you're going to love Renee's energy and her authenticity and seeing her mom that she talked about pop up on her Insta stories and everything. It's really inspirational. I was watching you the other day um, do they, what are those things are called? The something jacks. Like you jump up and you do the little, it's like a jump. Oh, the X jacks. Oh my gosh. I, there's no way I'm having anyone record me do that because <laughs> I look so embarrassing. And I look, I watch you do it and I'm like, oh my God, how are you making those extracts look so cute? <laughs> so good for you. Okay. Before we hang up, will you tell everybody where they can find you and find more information? Yes, you can find me on Instagram and my Instagram handle is Renee, R-E-N-E-E dot S dot song. Or you can find me at fasterwaycoach.com backslash hashtag Renee song. Or you can even email me at Renee at Renee song dot C-O. Awesome. And I will also include that in the show notes. Oh, so thank that you. you can, yeah, I want to make sure people can <laughs> find you and... I just think like if you are somebody that's listening and you are feeling frustrated and you are feeling like you're throwing in the towel or giving up on feeling good in your own skin in midlife, don't. Don't. The answer is out there for you and there is so much time to feel the way you want to feel in this stage. So – Thank you so much, Renee, for sharing all your expertise and your enthusiasm. I appreciate it so much. Thank you so much, Bree. It's been an honor. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. And thanks to all of you for listening. If you can so kindly subscribe to the podcast, believe it or not, that's one of the best ways to help out a podcaster because more people will be able to find the podcast and the more women that join in on this conversation, the fuller it will be. Have a beautiful day, my friends. And I am, like always, rooting for you.